Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your one-stop source for movie reviews, movie criticism, and all things pop culture here in the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona metro area. I'm one of your four hosts for this occasion. We are explorers in the deepest reaches of cinema and smut, angels to some, demons to others. Join us twice every month for Cult Following on iTunes and SoundCloud and cultfollowing.co. I'm Victor Moreno, along with Joshua T. Ruth. Hey, Auntie. Kirby Nelson. And Jasperino. I've never been so excited in my whole life. In this edition of Cult Following, we're going to be talking a little bit of some of the stuff that's currently hitting movie theaters. We're going to be chatting about Black Panther. We're going to be talking a little bit about Annihilation. We're going to pick up our conversation from last time about streaming because, as we were saying, streaming is hitting everywhere. It's becoming the thing that we, the main, main most channel for most of us getting our media. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox just hit streaming directly. And this Friday, the new Duncan Jones movie, Mute. Oh my God, that's this Friday? Yes, hits this this Friday. Mute, the new Duncan Jones movie, hits Netflix, oh skipping theaters directly. Wow. I heard it's really bad, guys. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Really I hear everything that. that gets dumped on Netflix <clears throat> is really bad. And actually, speaking of Annihilation, apparently uh, the U.S., and yeah. I think uh, it's, U- it's, Europe yeah, are the it's only not even places just that are getting... Europe. It's like just France or something. Yeah, just yeah. France and the U.S. are the only places that are getting Annihilation Theaters. It's hitting Netflix everywhere else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a new it's paradigm. Go, to be dumped on Netflix and barely, you know, uh, actually advertised at all for some weird reason. It's very strange. I was, I was talking to my friend uh, Roger Tennis from the film Getting Film Critic Society about this yesterday. Like apparently, you know, a lot of a lot of filmmakers early on were kind of saying how like, oh, you know, my film was discovered on Netflix and that's how I sort of uh got around to directing things. I think Mike Flanagan was one of those guys. Sure. One of his movies uh was how he got kind of discovered and um Oculus? Yeah. yeah. Oculus or Absentia, one of those two. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, the guy, the director who did the Black Coats Daughter, um, Osgood Perkins, you know, his first movie, oh, the the, uh, the pretty the thing that, that lives in the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was actually his second movie. Black Coats Daughter was like his first, but it kind of came out the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it's weird. Like, I know people who basically are like, you know, they're they're the entirety of their thing is. Oh, what's on Netflix? That's my film education mm-hmm. is Netflix. I mean, I will say that that the time you're talking about where like those films uh, could be discovered was like a different time on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, even I mean, though you, it was you, like a couple years ago. But you remember the Dark Ages. Yeah. You know, it was like there was fucking nothing on Netflix. And it's like you'd be so excited just because like, oh, my God, Ghostbusters is finally on yeah, there, you know, or something. Because it was like you would just go through and it would be terrible b movie after terrible b movie yeah and so if you'd see a movie like an oculus or something big like, oh that's actually pretty good this is yeah this is so much better than the bullshit that they're churning out you know because that's what they can get the rights to cheaply yeah. now well, I, everything's on there yeah and it's weird because like i was thinking about this like not you know uh like jasper was talking about how he saw like 31 and he really liked it but yeah. if you want to see 31 aside from getting like a blu-ray at you know best buy or something the only way you can watch it is on shutter because it's a shutter mm-hmm. streaming exclusive mm-hmm. um i have hulu 
there's a really good documentary about Shepard Ferry called Obey, and it's like a really good documentary. Oh yeah, it's it's like as good as Exit Through the Gift Shop. It has like everybody That's except really that good. It's really good because Exit Through the Gift Shop part of why it's so good is it like operates on those multiple levels with like Mr. Brainwash and the Mr. Brainwash is in it. Yeah, so they actually talk about how he nice. followed him around and everything. Right. But then the second half is this whole thing about um, uh, you know, copy left and copyright and how he got like sued by the associated press and how he destroyed evidence and he would have won this case if he hadn't done that so it's really interesting you're getting like two documentaries for the price of one nice basically you know and and amazon is getting a lot of these like movies that otherwise you really can't find anymore or anywhere else either so it's weird on one hand i feel like you know i love supporting physical media Mm -hmm. you know i'm all about Mm -hmm. trying to get all the stuff that's coming out but then they make it hard because, you know, even, you know, stuff like services like Voodoo and, and such, um, I can get movies, you know, streaming before they ever hit uh, physical and then find yeah. the physicals really hard. Like Mom and Dad came out on DVD and Blu-ray oh, did it? this Tuesday. Yeah, I saw one DVD of it at Target. I haven't seen a Blu-ray of it anywhere. What about like Amazon? Well, yeah, I could do Amazon, yeah. but at the same time, I kind of like. I understand why yeah. I support local, but if it's like that hard to find, like it's better idea to yeah, just grab it on Amazon quick, while you can. It? it did. It was it was in theaters like well, that's awesome. Three I'm or four weeks ago, literally going to order that as soon as we're yeah. done recording. Like yeah, you know, there was one movie I was trying to remember what it was that I had bought it on. I had seen it in theaters. I bought the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray came out before it was even out of like the dollar theater. It was still showing at the dollar theaters when I got the Blu-ray. And I'm trying to remember what movie it was, and I can't. But it was last year. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to remember. Well, just but funny. the fact that, because remember, it used to be when a movie came out, oh man, I'm going to wait six months right. before the DVD comes out or whatever to get it. Yeah, but, that's what I was trying to, I was leaning into was the whole like, uh, the way I grew up. I mean, I didn't even have a dollar theater until I was like in my teens, probably. Yeah. It just didn't exist. It's true. Like, Are yeah, you, I, were you here? Well, no, I grew up in Seattle, but when I lived in California, it was the first time I ever even heard of one. And it was either a one screen theater right. or like a two screen. And Interesting. If, if it was rare, you oh. might have one that was like four or five. It was Guardians 2. Oh, oh yeah. was it? Guardians yeah. Two was still playing at the Superstition Dollar Theater uh-huh. after I had bought the Blu-ray. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally. Well, that's how I think they. That's what's saying. I think that's how they designed it. Now was it used to be? You know, you'd see it in a first run, and then you'd wait a you know a few months, and then it'd be in the Dollar Theater, and then if you wanted to go see it again, um, and then you would be able to um, you know, eventually own it. It's kind of like uh, VHS. When I was a kid, I can't even remember the. Uh, I can't even remember the first movie that uh, um, uh, I picked up. I think it was maybe like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Or like I remember being ecstatic for my birthday that I got Wayne's World. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that was the greatest thing on earth. Oh, man. And and apologies if you couldn't hear me earlier. I was popping my peas as I just (laughs) did there. It's all right. Hey, you know, it's uh, all... It, it's either we get uh, Kirby's famous peas or we get quiet Kirby, quiet Kirby, and I and I'd rather have um, the old pop school. Yeah, pop we got a new filter Kirby. for Kirby's film that we still got to adjust. So by next time, you'll get Sans popping Kirby. Yeah, I I I think that I think that that was the right decision, honestly, yeah. and and because I'd rather have regular volume Kirby. Yeah, and then also you know this is just so you guys know, so we didn't just take away popping Kirby from you. <laughs> this is like your farewell to popping Kirby. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
Yeah, if, just to throw this into context, guys, we do have a little podcast studio for doing these things. It's like <laughs> dedicated to it. So um, there's this boom thing we got for Kirby's microphone, so you wouldn't hear like. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, he doesn't even have a, no, no, a no. mic guard on yeah, his. Yeah, he has too. a different yeah, microphone yeah, yeah, than the yeah, rest yeah. of us do. So it, basically, we're trying to find a way to kind of equalize it. If you remember, like the "We Are the World" video where they showed him <laughs> in the studio and they had that big round black thing in front of the yeah. in front of the uh, mic I'm Michael with, Jackson, like, by the way, with like yeah. pant- with like pantyhose stretched over it. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much where we heard yeah. from the Kirby. <laughs> so yeah, we're just trying to up the production. Yeah, and eventually. Do we'll you get appreciate it? Well, it's because we are the ones that make a brighter day so let's yeah. start giving <laughs> it's a new day yes it is uh, <laughs> pancakes <laughs> we but, should solicit this uh, listener email sometime yes. you know right. i think we should have like a special email show we should that might be interesting you know spitball spit, spit would that be like the here? the oh, was that a Conan that used to do the celebrities reading the crap people read about. Oh, about. Yeah, oh yeah. Twi- yeah, mean tweets. What's mean that? tweets. Mean tweets. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that Conan? Uh, I, I don't or remember. It, yeah, it could be I Fallon or something. Because it's. I know. Yeah, like, yeah. We yeah, could yeah. do some like hypothetical. Like, would you see a Victor Salva film starring Kevin Spacey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a great one. That'd be a whole three episodes on that <laughs> be one. Like, hello, this um, is Jeepas <laughs> Creepas Hole. <laughs> so, um. I'm really bummed to hear that Mute is supposed to be bad. I, I hope I'm going to make my own decision and be like, no, what are you talking about? But that is, movie's is, awesome. Are we thinking it's bad because it's going to Netflix? No, no, or? no, no. I've I've actually heard, like, you know, from the ad- advanced people have seen it. Um, there's a lot of buzz out there about it being really bad. And then um, that's doubled with the fact that the studio is, like, not putting out any kind of advance yeah. screeners for it because, like, they got that initial kind of test reaction and thought it was really bad. So they're like, I well, we're going to hold it back. That's my whole thing where, like, I, I have issues with the way they do test movies because yeah. I've been to so many of these. And right. basically, I don't know if any of you listeners have ever been to a test screening. If you live in Phoenix, you most likely have been like cold for at least one because yeah. they test like every big movie out here. Yeah. I have friends who went to go see like Big Hero 6 in Coco when it was still like storyboard. Yeah, that's testing. that's awesome. But and I went to the one for like uh World War Z where it was yeah, a completely was different sick. movie that ended every up time. getting released. Like, I I went on that one by the way cuz I saw Fifth Element yeah. and 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 oh, met nice. Luc Besson afterwards. Yeah. Um and that was like back when I was just like whatever like 19 years old yeah. too. So that like, you know. That's oh like, that's the one thing I do like about test screenings is you yeah. can meet like I know you know I was a big fan of Alan Taylor cuz he was directing yeah. all the cool episodes of like Game of Thrones totally. and I went to terminator genesis and he was hanging out like oh that's alan taylor i've seen him and i got to talk to him for a minute right you know so hey so so really good job on game of thrones what happened right (laughs) (laughs) well i get no um dude oh he was directing he's directing another uh he was directing like some episodes of westworld or something now one of those premiere show like like golden age of tv shows yeah yeah so one of i was like oh alan taylor's doing this that's really cool but um no and then like I I went to the test screening for Olympus has fallen. Oh. But I, I did get to tell Antoine Fuqua how much I like training day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but these test screenings basically what they do is they round up like the biggest bunch of bumpkins ever and yeah. it's checked off by like age groups and it's usually true. The people who go in there have no idea what they're watching. They want bumpkins. Yeah, they want. You know? I, I remember, like, the one for World War Z, the people I was sitting next to, like, 
you're the first time to see World War Z. Well, I don't know if I want to see a war movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! That, like, they're like, you're perfect, sir. Yeah, ba- and the guy's like, if there's any blood in this, I'm going to be really angry. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's not a lot of blood in that movie, actually. Like, no. it's very violent, but not a lot of blood. Yeah, but uh, it better not be in this movie. And then they find the most bumpkiny people afterwards, <laughs> and then they talk. They they put them in a focus group. Right. It's like, oh, let's tailor this to your thing. Like, mm-hmm. I went to the one for Ghost Protocol, and it was the same thing where wow. it's like. They give you a big questionnaire. Do you think there's too much humor in this movie? Yeah. Would you like it better if Simon Pegg were in this less? Oh, like these God. are actual wow. questions they asked. And oh. basically you end up with Pal Motors, the Homer. Yeah. The yes. the <laughs> That's the whole so, point. Every time I think about like test screenings and stuff like that, I always think about the player. You know, Robert Altman's yeah, the yeah. player. It's so good, man. And how it's like they, you know, they talk about how they changed the ending to uh, Fatal Attraction because of test screenings. Yeah. Um, and then, like, they actually change the ending of the player, the film yeah. that you're watching, to give you the impression that test screeners wanted a happier ending. Um, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. I think my favorite one of those is they made a, uh, at the same time the player count, they did an Allie, an Alan Smithy Mithy film. film. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the director yeah. was Burn. so annoyed by the changes that. The Alan Smithy film was directed by Alan yep, Smithy. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, no, but you're right. I mean, as far as Netflix goes, it's definitely um, kind of taking over, like, that Joel McHale show, you know? Yeah, is, it was ne- amazing. Is, I just watched it last night. Well, what was funny is, so I see, like, because I didn't, again, I don't know if it's a matter of Netflix is really bad at advertising stuff or this is intentional on their part and I'm starting to think that it is of just like you know the word is out there maybe a little bit and then all of a sudden it's just like hey by the way this thing's available right now um, and so I didn't even know what that show is about and so I start to watch I'm like oh, I like Joel McHale enough I'll watch it and then I'm like oh this is the soup, soup. this is yeah, awesome exactly. like yeah. in, in a way that they just like just throw it into there and he's like standing in front of the green screen it's yeah. like by the way it's the soup I was like yeah. this is so cool did yeah. you know ahead of time it was like yeah. it was the it, soup oh, I thought oh, I it was like a riff on but... John Oliver is the uh-huh, way I yeah. saw the ad, right. and like, oh, I totally forgot Joel McHale was on the soup. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The soup is one of my all-time favorites. I mean, I literally, I mean, I love yeah. Joel McHale yeah. so much. It I remember when that show me. was called like yeah. Talk Soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Here used to oh, host sure, it. sure. Yeah. Um, Brian Henson, but um, but oh yeah, with the weirdest like yeah. gray spot ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It used to bother me I so know. much. Like. What the fuck is wrong with <laughs> Well, they with his started hair? calling him Skunk Boy. Yeah. So I, I actually wanted to also bring up, because we're talking about Netflix, so the uh, A Stupid and Futile, Futile Gesture. Um, have you seen that? No. Um, okay. So anyway, you should check this out. Definitely. It's definitely worth watching. I don't think it's a perfect film, um, but it's, uh, it's about, um, basically the beginning of National Lampoon magazine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so they have like all the, and it's, it's one of these movies I actually, weirdly enough would equate it to <clears throat> the Oliver Stone film W. Okay. And I mean, you guys, I'm sure, seen W about George mm-hmm. W. Bush with Josh Brolin yeah, as yeah. W, right? But so it's a film. W is a film that is filled with people that are doing impressions, basically, right? It's like these. It's like they have they have. Uh, I, I I think it's Tandy Newton is playing Condoleezza Rice, and yeah. she's in like kind of really bad prosthetics and like basically doing like a Saturday Night Live esque yeah, impression, it's like Jay Edgar, right? I don't yeah, know if you've yeah, seen yeah. Jay sure, Ed- I have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it's that kind of 
China movie where it's like, well, we're not really going to be actors. We're just going to do cartoonish impressions yeah. of these people, which the only reason I think this works in a stupid and futile gesture is because this is a lot of SNL people. Yeah. You know, and so it's like you have somebody who's like an actor I've never heard of doing a pretty darn good young Bill Murray. Um, and Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase. Oh, and he kills it. Well, yeah, because he's been on Community, and yeah. he's and he's observed him for yeah. such a long time, and just like, and I honestly, I approach this this whole new level of respect for Joel McHale after watching that because I'm like. Because like, you've seen Joel McHale play Joel McHale for so yeah. long. He is him in Community. He's the same persona that he is on The Soup. And to see him actually do kind of an acting job and him playing Chevy Chase is so bang on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I do highly recommend that film. Again, another Netflix original Um, that... I mean, it's star-studded film. It's yeah. got all these people, um, but it's it, it was really interesting because it got me. Um, so I can't, and I wish I remembered his name, but it's about the guy who founded National Lampoon, yeah. and he's the guy that wrote Animal House. Um, and um, you know, he's he's, and if you Is don't it know, J- Jan, Jan Vemmer? No, 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 that's not he, it. Oh, Rolling Stone. That's yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you don't know anything about this guy in his life, uh-huh. I highly recommend you watch this film as soon as possible don't do your best to not know anything about this guy's life because there's some very very interesting things that this film does with narrative that i didn't even know because i didn't know anything about this guy and then to see how that it translates into narrative of the film is very interesting um but again that's another netflix movie yeah huge star set of, it was kind of just dropped on netflix like here's some trailers but then you don't see him again because this is the new thing that's out yeah. this week it's really strange. Like I, I think their tr- Netflix is trying to be like, like, oh, what's out this Friday? Because it, it used to be yeah. they would have like, like, oh, Punisher's coming next month, or like um, House of Cards, the big, you right. know, like they'd have certain milestones, you know. And now it's like, you, what's trending? And it's like there's five things they just added, mm-hmm. yep. you know. And it's like, oh, okay, I've heard of like one of these, mm-hmm. you know. And, and like if you leave your Netflix on, you'll literally see all their originals half the time, like like as a as a wallpaper, and half the time I'm like, oh, I, I didn't even know what that was, right. you know, because all you ever hear them hyping is like you know Stranger Things, mm-hmm. maybe Orange is a New Black, yeah, Altered Carbon was the last one I think that got a really big push. I think it's uh, kind of Josh was t- touching on it and stuff is, is that you know. Uh, he was saying something like with the you were saying netflix you know it's like do we think it's gonna be bad because it's you know on netflix or something it's kind of the way that uh, when Victor, when, yeah. when you ha- or yeah, yeah. Victor, you know but i mean like you guys are hitting on the same point where it's about how like i mean i remember the first time i understood what direct to video was yeah yeah like it, you know when you i mean the whole reason video stores succeeded was because entertainment options were limited you yeah. couldn't see movies really since they went out of theaters um, so, you know, it had different things, but the big part was the burgeoning growth of independent films, of, of exploitation, because anyone can make a movie. You know, it was really easy. Um, it was a tax shelter, um, you know, simple ways. Yeah. But the thing is, is, people were just like, oh, this movie's great. I don't know why this didn't come out in the theater. Or they said it was awful. I can see why this <laughs> exactly. one, I, I must have missed it in the theater. And then you had, you know, because there's no database, there's no internet. I mean, unless you kept newspaper clippings of every um, screening, you'd have yeah. no idea. You were totally going by the cover, yeah. the box well, and that's, art. And that's true. why you know, VHS box art is so amazing. Yep. But it is one of those things where um, 
I think with Netflix, I mean, like I said, the, the most interesting element to me is Netflix branding movies that we're going to have. Like I mentioned, the Amityville. Yeah. That other one, the Before I Wake. I'm thinking of just some of the horror movies they had where they were like, you know, it's like, yeah, Netflix original. I'm like, no, it's not. I mm-hmm. saw, I remember seeing yeah, the trailer yeah, yeah, yeah. for this. It's right. like, but they can, be, they can rebrand it as a Netflix original because it is the first time appearing well, on any medium. It's an interesting time. So I think that there's a couple of things at play here because number one, um, you know, you talked about like direct to video, right? Which yeah. I mean, in, in in essence, that's in some cases kind of what we're getting. The difference is that budgets, I mean, technology has evolved to such a point that you can make things look so much better on such a smaller yeah, budget, sure. you know? And so it's like that thing that probably would have been like maybe like a, was it Empire Films, you know, like that that kind of aesthetic where it's like, wow, you can kind of tell this is low budget looking, mm-hmm. but it's actually pretty good. Those films, it's like maybe they don't look as low budget as you would think they are because technology yeah. is so much better. But also, and I think this happens in the case of, it definitely happened with the Cloverfield Paradox. It, it seems like it happened with Mute. It seems like it's happening with Annihilation. Yeah. Um, where these films that they intended these films to get released, they went on the festival circuit, they got shown, they couldn't really get a distribution because um, it's too risky of a move these days to do something theatrically and so netflix comes in and says well we'll buy it from you Mm -hmm. and so it's not even so much that these things are direct to video necessarily it's just that you know that we have this different delivery model yeah it's the distribution model is changing because for a lot of these movies like mute or cloverfield paradox those movies aren't going to get a home media release right it's it's if you really like that movie then your whole impetus for keeping it in your collection is having a Netflix yeah. uh, account. I mean, I remember the big thing when Net- when a Doctor Who left Netflix. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, how am I going to be able to see <laughs> Doctor Who?" Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, you'll clearly have to get uh, an account on uh, Amazon or Hulu, yeah. whoever has it now, because mm-hmm. I, I think it's Amazon has all the BBC shows. Yeah. Um. No, no, it's it's uh, Hulu now. Is it? I think whatever you guys can look it up. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just asking questions now. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> realistically, uh, y- if you really like something, you almost have to chase it. I remember one of my big things when I first got Hulu was like, oh, you guys, Hulu has the Criterion collection. Oh yeah, and I was like, I can I can see like House or all these movies Not and then anymore. I, yeah, right. and then like uh. They got to be where oh I'm, no it was Netflix had it then Hulu had it and now you have to get Filmstruck. Rich, it's funny because I mean I I was actually going to bring this up so I just got a Filmstruck uh-huh. uh, membership. Yeah, um, and boy I love it. I I mean I'm, I'm honestly like considering canceling Netflix for at least a couple wow. of months and just going with Filmstruck. And I mean getting Netflix back in yeah. a couple of months obviously to catch up with the things I missed out on. Obviously I want to keep it from mute. Um, but Filmstruck woof, is just amazing. I mean, for somebody who's just like, I've got a lot of holes in my real cinema education, yeah. you know, like um, is is just absolutely wonderful. And obviously they're not, I don't, well, I mean, they actually kind of are creating original content in the way that they create new special features yeah. for these films that are only on Filmstruck, like new introductions, kind of mini documentaries and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you're basically, it's like a AMC. Yeah, you that's know, exactly what it is. But the the other, I think that one of the big things that originally, I, I probably would have had Filmstruck, I think what, mm-hmm. how they fucked up, they just barely got a Roku app 
if they had had right. a Roku app at launch, I yeah. probably would have gotten it. Yeah, you it's know? true. That that was a big selling point for me because yeah. I have a Roku TV. Yeah, so I was able to just watch it through my television. But one of the cool things is uh, when they get when they got the rights to some of these movies on streaming. Like I think they got the rights to Silence of the Lambs. There we were able to. You can pick their commentary tracks as audio tracks. Right. So it's like having these laser discs you can't get otherwise. Yeah. Oh, I guess they did just put those out on the new Silence of the Lambs Blu-ray, which just came out this Tuesday. Awesome. <laughs> which nice. I'm not crazy about that cover, but it's, yeah. you know. Well, um, yeah. Well, it's one of those ones, too, with like the Criterion, you know, doing Night of the Living Dead, having the, the full true restoration. Yeah. I mean, the top tier. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, of course, it's encourage people on physical media. What I was thinking of when you mentioned the Doctor Who thing was is that that's also the kind of weird, um, you know, way in which people the behavior of viewers is, um, especially those who whose whose uh, upbringing or whatever intake is completely based around yeah. Netflix and streaming. It's like you know, Doctor Who leaves. There's people who are like, I don't give a shit. I'm never gonna watch the series again. It was like you know, it becomes like to me like a lot of these shows. Uh, you know, their indulgences. Yeah. Like, who talks about, like, Breaking Bad anymore or anything? Well, no, what I mean is just that that's what I'm saying. When somebody shows, it's like you risk having, like, a dead weight. It becomes like a George Lucas thing. Yeah. Like, you must keep Phantom Menace in the theater for four or five months. And it's like, <laughs> I think Netflix and some of those places are like, well, we don't want to keep this series for more than... Well, do you guys remember when... Net- I don't know how long you guys have had your Netflix accounts. But, like, when Netflix oh, first came time. out... You had the queue. Now yeah. it's the list, and you would go through Netflix. You'd have like, to actually go to the website to yeah, add things to your and queue. And you'd be like, you'd oh, search yeah. for things. You'd be like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to watch this. I'm gonna save this to mm-hmm. my queue and watch it eventually. Yeah. Now most people treat that as like a favorites thing, where I'm mm-hmm. like, yep. oh yeah, like I want to watch, you know, Mad Men when or uh, Doctor Who or whatever whenever I want, and they don't really search for new things. They just wait for that algorithm to bring up stuff for them to watch right. on the app. Well, it's funny. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I want you to go. Um, I want it. Well, here's the thing. And Netflix has been very smart about this because, like you were saying, you were thinking about getting rid of Netflix. I think about getting rid of Netflix every other week <laughs> yeah. because you remember when, when you had cable and you had 162 channels and you would just sit there hitting channel up, channel up, channel up yeah. on the and just going through to see what was on. Well, I found myself the other night, I realized I've been swiping over through my list just to see what's on here yeah. for 45 minutes. I know. Oh and God. I have not watched anything. I'm just That's swipe. True. Oh, that looks interesting. Synopsis. Add to list. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, that looks interesting. Synopsis. Add to list. And I did that for 45 minutes. And I, and I realized, well, shit, now I got to go to bed. I don't it's have time true, to watch man. anything. There's a word for it. It's called analysis paralysis. Yeah. But, and well, it's here's, real. Here's the thing. No. The only reason that I have not gotten rid of Netflix, because it's the one we watch the least, Netflix and Hulu, they both got me by the balls. I have Hulu so I can watch wrestling. Right. Yeah. And I have Netflix because I want to watch stuff like The Cloverfield Paradox, sure. um, Stranger Things, Orange is the New Black, my wife and I are really into it. And I'm like, dude... If I get rid of Netflix, now I gotta wait for that shit to come out on on, on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, or or you, you can just I mean? do like I mean I did with Hulu, for example. Now, granted, I'm not watching wrestling, but I kept it on while um the Handmaid's Tale was on, and then I canceled it. And when Handmaid's Tale comes back out, I'm gonna re resubscribe to Hulu. Yeah, well, get um, this. Here's mm-hmm. what pisses me off about Hulu, and they didn't used to do this, but they do now. 
well, recent over the past couple of years, it's changed. Um, Victor's favorite show, Gotham. Uh, no, which uh, it's not okay. I, <laughs> I thank God because I was yeah, about to no. walk out of this room. Get ready to walk out because I love Gotham. <laughs> I do love oh, it. Jasper for for probably all the reasons you guys hate. It. <laughs> I, I I've separated. It. Here's how I did it. I separated it from the DC. Oh right, yeah. yeah I separated from the universe. Yes, that. Takes place I am Got not. It. I am Got not it. watching it as a DC universe <laughs> right. add-on or, or show or whatever. It, so as a show, sure. In and of by itself, I'm really enjoying it. So I am way behind. I caught up on Netflix up to the current season, and I'm like, "This is great." Season four is on Hulu. I'm just going to jump over there and watch that. Yeah. Well, season four starts at episode fucking six because all the all the oh, older ones that's drop right. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, pisses me off so, so annoying, bad. If I wasn't watching Raw and occasionally SmackDown, yeah. on Hulu. I probably wouldn't even have. Well, that's Hulu one of anymore. the reasons why Hulu is dead last yeah. for me in terms because of all as the far streaming as, things. And, and Hulu, it used to be because I liked the movies. Yeah. But now that I've got Amazon Prime, I'm like, screw Hulu. Yeah. You I, know just, what I, mean? I just like your tagline there. I hope Netflix uses it. Netflix, we got you by the balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the yeah. thing is, there's some free streaming apps that are actually really good. Uh-huh. And, I, and shockingly so, like the Sci Fi Channel stream, free streaming app will show you like the last several shows. Uh, and, and they'll put whole seasons of shows on there for you to watch that were recent. Like nice. last night, I watched the first three episodes of Channel Zero, uh, mm-hmm. the latest seasons called Butcher's Block. And I have not talked about this on the podcast, but like if you like horror anthologies, hmm. you should be watching Channel Zero. It's funny because like it I, I've never so heard of this. Fucking good. But the second you said Channel Zero, I'm like, that sounds like a horror anthology. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so good. Job. Basically, they're like see, each is a self-contained season based on like a creepy pasta, and they get like oh. indie horror directors to do it. And the last season was super good. That's it's awesome. called Candle. No End House. Oh my god, it's like a really long like horror indie movie really it's super good i couldn't get over it and so where is this available on, other than it's, it's it, on the sci-fi channel app so can i watch all of the seasons on sci-fi channel yeah app? you can there's three i haven't watched the first season but no end house i like recommend super okay. hardcore and the new season it's called butcher's block rucker hauer is like the main star nice and it, it basically i don't want to spoil it it Part of it has to do with cannibalism. Well, is it an anthology then, yeah. or is it more like a like a like American it, horror story kind of a thing? It, it's like a ma- shorter, more self. Yeah, it's like okay. eight episodes. Each season is like eight episodes long, and it tells a complete self-contained story. Okay, which is almost like, and they're an hour long, so it's almost like watching a four-hour long movie. But like, is each episode a different story? No, no, no. Like, it's not it's a Twilight all, Zone thing. Each season, it's is one lo- okay. long story. And so it is kind of like an American horror story, but yeah. but not just that. Yeah, it doesn't have the same Filler. cast yeah and then it's right. like no end house has like john carroll lynch in it and they have like really good actors in nice. them but uh, like i was watching the first episode of butcher's block where it starts off with this girl she's like you know a social worker and she's asking her co-worker oh and they're having a conversation he starts telling her like this story about the town and it's almost like a flashback and it, this is what like totally sold like i wasn't gonna watch the the season uh, and he's like he's telling the stories like well you know this is this whole town was built around like the meat packing industry and like he's telling a story about the 1950s in the background you hear the the opening theme to cannibal holocaust 
Like, dun, dun, yeah, yeah. And they use this, the, the 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 score from Cannibal Holocaust throughout the show. Oh, that's rad. Wow. Yeah, like they, they I was there's a scene later on that's like whoa in your face, and it's that the the theme they use during uh when they're watching the actual documentary footage of people being killed in Cannibal Holocaust uh-huh. during. I'm like, this is really fucking clever. Like wow. they clearly got the rights to the soundtrack, and they were using it in really clever ways. But it's like. It's an interesting. This season's really interesting. I was like, okay, I'm. It has to do with like schizophrenia, whether the shit is really going on or not. So like, they get people with an indie sensibility and really mm, let nice. them play with it. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. really sold this show. I think it's really good. I'm awesome. like, I feel like it's Channel too zero. Yeah, I think it's too good to be on Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> to be honest with you, but I'm glad they gave it a shot. They hit, it's it, funny. They hit it every once in a while. It's funny you say that because when uh, we were talking about. <laughs> Because one of the things with the stuff going directly to Netflix is the production value is so good. It's movie quality mm-hmm. production. And in my head, I was thinking, we've come a long way from those sci-fi original movies. <laughs> right. They were always just awful. That was this generation's version of direct-to-video movies, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the stuff you would have picked up at a video store on Friday night, got it home halfway through, and be like, <laughs> God damn it. I but just... see, back in the day... You were stuck with that movie. You rented it. You're going to yeah. watch it because you can't just turn it off and, and find something else. It's true. It's you read very it, rare. Yeah. You rented three it. movies. You're watching those well, three movies. I remember, I think it was either Rewind This or the other VHS documentary. They talk about how hard it is to, how hard it was, like, year, like even 10, 15 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago is probably more during the 90s to watch certain movies like you had to get like a copy from somebody mm-hmm. and it was like a generation transfer and i remember doing that for wrestling videos i oh, remember yeah. that's how i first saw battle royale because yep. finding a copy mm-hmm. of that like you had to like i remember mexico or like even going to chinatown trying to find these movies like oh my god i really want to watch battle royale do we have it oh we just sold the last one the kids these days they don't understand well, and now and now they have like shutter which has like literally every italian horror movie yeah. ever made yeah. that stuff that was yes. super hard to find and literally like eh. it's funny by the way Oh, sorry, I was ahead, just gonna, I'm sorry. I don't give me a keep coming. Mm-hmm. I'm just I have I just bought, I just got Necromantic at Zia Records. Yeah. For uh, like 15 bucks on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have somewhere in my storage unit. I have a, a clam, uh, you know, an old DVD clamshell with a burned copy of Necromantic on just like a plain yeah. know, silver DVD. With the cover, the slipcase for the DVD is like a photocopy of the VHS yeah. of nice. Necromantic. Wow. And that was my copy of Necromantic. And I paid like 20 bucks for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. on eBay or somewhere well, I like always, that. I love that there's still, it's been like, I've been going to conventions for almost 30 years and there's still somebody there selling bootleg dvds <laughs> yes i mean i used to have bootleg vhs and now they have bootleg dvds it's like it's true uh always there's it, still uh, some useful ones though like yeah. like the star wars holiday christmas special, special right yeah. you know the holiday special there's a certain charm to it oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's no doubt i got um, a copy of vampiro's lesbos it's the same nice. way it's yeah, a total yeah, yeah. photocopy dvd yeah, yeah. cover it's horrible for and sure. grainy but it's i was cool. gonna say the number one for me actually though is i mean i feel it's always my best investment no matter what every year is my amazon prime Mm-hmm. Prime is killing it oh, with yeah. the 70s and 80s horror movies. I've never even seen like half of these that have been coming up. Yeah. I mean, they've never been released on DVD or Blu-ray, at right. least U.S. 
that I'm aware of. Um, there are tons of movies, some great, some absolutely awful. Well, yeah, like they have like Fright Night and Fright Night 2, too. which if you get the Blu-ray is going to save you back over $100. Well, even yeah. deeper than that, last Friday I was home, I was home from work sick. And uh, I was legitimately sick, by the way. Uh-huh. I wasn't ditching. Um, uh, yeah, the, you did not make any air quotes, any snare quotes when you said <laughs> sick. So, but so. Uh, I watched, uh, I w- on Amazon, I watched The Creepers. Uh-huh. I watched Terrorvision, and I watched The Prowler. Nice. Yeah, and it's I'll freaking amazing. And that was my short list. I had a bunch of other ones I was going to watch, right. but I kept falling asleep. So my whole day kind of got away from me, but. Um, it's a yeah, it's a you're absolutely right. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I do want to on that uh, Amazon tip, by the way, give a quick shout out to something I watched, which is um, it's called uh, Easy to Learn, Hard to Master, The Rise and Fall of Atari. Ooh, oh, nice. Um, yeah, and so it's I mean it's definitely this one is uh, recommended by a friend of mine, and it was um, you know it's definitely right up my alley. And actually, when I started, Headwear notwithstanding, <laughs> yeah, oh right, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, clearly up my alley. Um, and it's for the audience, I'm wearing an Atari hat right now. Um, incidentally, yeah, 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 exactly. But so, uh, so anyway, this is like it's a documentary, uh, you know, about the rise and fall of Atari, um, which is well worn territory for me. I've I've read so many books on video game history and stuff like that, so I know Nolan Bushnell and Ralph Baer and all these characters you know but it starts off as kind of like this like uh, you can tell this isn't a very high quality documentary it's like this voice over narration well in in 19 and it's like wow this is bad like you, you could have gotten a better voiceover person but then like as it goes like it really finds its feet so i would just say if you're interested in video game history documentaries things like that like i think it's way better than that um game over the et one that was oh, on netflix yeah, that one wasn't yeah. Super great. like it's a really really good documentary on not just video game history but like old silicon valley like everybody with beards and smoking weed and building computers <laughs> computers and you know that whole kind of that whole like old 1970s tech kind of thing which is so fascinating to me um and just like if you're struggling with the first 15 to 20 minutes just stick with it it really really is good and yeah that one's called uh uh easy to learn hard to master dude the the best thing i'm sorry that's okay bud go go right ahead i just want to say the best the 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 thing i took away from that et documentary Uh i was absolutely fuck ernest klein yeah, right? Yeah. No, I was absolutely fascinated that if you try hard enough, you can nail down an exact spot at the dump where your shit got dumped. I know. And dig down far enough and find newspapers from 1983. That's freaking incredible. Yeah, it's true. Like, as as a, an archaeology like thing, right? it was terrifically yeah. Yeah. interesting. So, yeah, as everything else in that, if you don't take anything else away from it, yeah. that's what I took away. Like, really staged, uh, you know, imagery of a bunch of nerds hanging around because they you oh, know, know they brought them out there. And it's yeah. like the same 30 nerds standing around <laughs> awkwardly yeah like the really cringeworthy it's stuff. like we'll pay you with pizza yeah we'll exactly <laughs> we got a little suit coming yeah exactly oh here comes ernest klein and his freaking delorean yeah. oh my god wow. this guy is insufferable i um, will say yeah that that really bothers me on multiple levels i guess he was like he hosted something to do with Ready Player One uh, at the Austin no, Draft House. Uh, showed up in his fucking DeLorean. Of course anyways, he did. By the way, anyone who has a, is a fan of King of Kong, a fistful of course, Yeah. Uh, Billy Mitchell, yeah, actually, just this week. Uh, <laughs> the shamed the Billy shamed Mitchell. Oh, that's right. What happened? Billy Mitchell. 
he uh, had all of his uh, Kong uh, high scores. Where's the tape? That were uh, recorded in Twin Galaxies, all erased, deleted, yes. yeah, stricken from the record. It was found that he was. It was found that he was using Mame, um, and that yeah, that basically he could have potentially cheated. Um, that he was using same um, states. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, exactly. that's shitty, especially since the other dude had the actual console. Yep. And right. In the movie, they actually took apart his his yes. board and everything. There's yeah. a good one too on. I might have brought him a podcast, but there's one on the game Nibbler. I don't uh-huh. know if anybody's seen that documentary. Yeah. It was on uh-uh. Prime. I have. It's so yeah, good. It's so good. It's even way better to me than I think King he recommended Con. it to me. Yeah, actually, it, yeah. It's it's incredible. But um, the one guy I just want to give a shout to. I met him a few times. He's at, and been to his, his lectures, but as uh, Norman Caruso, the gaming historian yeah, on YouTube, dude. he just dropped like his um magnum oh, magnum opus. Uh, he did Tetris. It's such it's, a it's, good it's, episode. It's like an hour long, and it is exhaustive. And yes, it is Yoka Zuna worthy. Uh, that's a really good figure, by the way. Um, yeah, on, I mean, I, I really I'm just, want. I'm now I, I got to tell you what I'm thinking here because. <laughs> As we're talking, because you've never seen the podcast studio, probably, but wall to wall action figures. Yeah. It's, a, it's a geek paradise. Mm-hmm. But um, Victor decided his Yokozuna and his Kevin Owens needed to switch places. <laughs> yeah. But all I was seeing was the scene from Class of the Titans where Zeus was moving people around. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I've always Kev- wanted like those little figures. Right? Like, does uh-huh. anybody yes. sell those? I wish. That'd be such a but, cool uh, little. I was thinking yeah. like little like the, Kevin the Owens, scale ones. Kevin yeah. Owens is going to wake up under a tree somewhere in Joppa, going, "How the hell did I get here?" <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, also, before we move on to Black Panther, I really did want to give a shout out to Filmstruck. I mean, I, I did the fourteen day free trial. I'm easily continuing here. Um, it's uh, it's got all the Criterion Collection movies. Um, so I did catch up with some things I've been really wanting to find that I've had an impossible find time finding elsewhere. Nice. Um, one of them is Dogtooth. Which oh, is right. the, yeah first uh, film by Yorgos Lanthimos yeah. who did uh, the Lobster as well as uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, that's a have you seen that movie? It's a, a yeah, dog yeah, tooth? a long time ago. Yeah, that's a challenging film. Like that's a, there's some shit that I happens that in that out, movie. I, I want to yeah. say like what 2008 nine. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, and I also um, so I've I've you know I've, I've dedicated myself to getting through the filmography at least as most that I can of Akira Kurosawa. Oh um, yeah, that's pretty know. much the best way to do it because yeah, all his exactly stuff is on there. Because I'd only ever seen Ron and Throne of Blood and Dreams. Um, you know, I hadn't even seen. I haven't even seen Yojimbo. Yeah, like there's a lot of them I haven't it's really, seen. It's really interesting. When, the more you'll learn about movies, it's like Akira Kurosawa and yeah. uh, and a Toshiro Mifune end up having a huge falling out in really? real life. So after and it's like basically they only briefly reconciled I think right before uh Toshiro Mifuni died. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But so yeah, speaking of Toshiro Mifuni is uh, I I watched um High and Low. Yeah. I've, um have you seen High and Low anybody? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I haven't yet. Highly recommended. I hope though you you Rashomon was the first one you Well, watched. okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'd seen Rashomon. Okay, I'd yeah, seen please, Rashomon. Yes, Rashomon I'd seen Rashomon, Ron. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I will um, say yeah. yeah. Not, way, not I... to step on what Josh is saying and uh, talking about but basically um if you've ever seen something like uh 
the usual suspects or I, Tanya or anything like that. You yeah. owe it to yourself to see Rashomon. Because yes. that's basically where they all get the format. Nice. They... Or, or like not even just the format of Rashomon, but like the filmic techniques that yeah. Akira Kosawa puts in. You know, like he's the first person to ever have the shot of like a, a, the camera pointing up at trees yeah. moving along and having the sun coming through the trees. Yeah. Like he's the first person to ever did that. And, and how many times have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt the same thing when I watched High and Low, which High and Low is a very simple story, and it's not in a like a samurai um, kind of a, a world or anything like that. It's yeah. set in 1960s uh, Japan, and the story is that there's this uh, very wealthy kind of business owner, and he's about to get bought out um, of the company that he essentially started, and the only way he can stop that is with 30 million yen, and he has this plan to basically buy out a majority share. Mm-hmm. So he has 30 million yen set aside to Jeez, do that this. Sounds like the plot to Godfather um, Three. And uh, <laughs> and so what, what ends up happening is that um, he has a son and his son's best friend, and they're playing, and they're outside playing, and then he gets a call, and it's this kidnapper, mm-hmm. and the kidnapper says, "I've just kidnapped your son. You need to pay me thirty million yen." And he goes, well, I, I mean, oh, my gosh, uh, of course, I'll pay you anything to save my son. Um, and then his son comes in and he's like, wait a minute, w- you know, you're, you're my son. And then, like, it turns out that he got the wrong kid. The kid that he got was the son's best friend, who is the son of his chauffeur, who's completely penniless. Wait and a minute. Has, um, uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't what? that the... That's like a lot of movies. Lot. Dude, that's totally, <laughs> yeah. that's totally the... Uh, no, J. Paul Getty movie that came out in space. No, no, that's totally the, the storyline for uh, Wolverine, en- Enemy of the State. Oh, that's really? the exact storyline of Enemy of the State. Really? That's yes. interesting. So it's like oh a high gosh. and low thing? Yeah, so so oh then gosh. this guy has to make the decision yeah. of like, do I basically tank my company to save another child you yeah. know, another person's child, and he of course can't do it. But then it turns in like this really interesting, like because that's honestly the first 15 minutes of the yeah. movie. And then no, it becomes I... this fascinating like police procedural. But it goes to a point in the film later on where there are shots that I'm like, oh my God. Like I am literally watching all of Martin Scorsese, oh all of gosh. like uh, Steven yeah. Spielberg, everything what where they came from cinematically is specifically from this 20 minute segment yeah. of film. Wow. You know, and it's well, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like, you know, Star Wars is, you know, right. Or sour, massive ripoff. Right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I could say let's like, I have like the lone wolf and cub collection from criteria. Oh, yeah. yeah. And dude, so many buddy or like, you know, odd couple action movies. Boom, yeah. there you go. Or like, yeah. you know, the road. I mean, it, basically, it behooves you to learn film intelligently before yes. you really uh, talk about it too much. Uh, like, this is a good transition. Uh, I know yeah, we're gonna get it into is. It into is. Black Panther really quick, yeah. but like, um, Annihilation, which is which comes out on Friday, and I'll have a review up, you know, tomorrow on Cult Following. I to me personally speaking it's very hard for me to think of what that mood like if you've never seen any headies like basically this is uh alec garland's like ode to um 
like 2001 like it's Fuck, very like yeah. kubrick it's very yes. like altered states it's okay. very solaris oh, wow. it's very you are star man my language that's right what there. this movie's like literally we're, now we're, i'm hype yeah like there are people next to us who are like oh the book is so much more nihilistic than this movie and like in the book you only get the people's names and such but then like basically alec garland who like if you guys don't know basically alec garland wrote most of the very good danny boyle movies he wrote 28 days later he wrote sunshine sure. he directed and wrote ex machina that and should don't be forget about dread yeah and yeah and dread <laughs> he wrote dread so at this point you should pretty much be on but like this is somebody whose stuff i would very yeah. much be into fuck yeah so imagine if this, and if you've seen ex machina you know it's like you know oh we're talking about like the development of himself and like how manipulation rises right you know so imagine if if uh basically alec garland was really into like watching the fountain decided i'm gonna do this (laughs) really weird sci-fi movie that's basically like a mix of like the fountain solaris um altered states kind of like cronenbergy like body horror yeah it's it's a suit and it's oh i'm interested yeah it's exactly but it's weird because there's a couple like really freaky scares in this movie it's really like it's an interesting movie and it's like slow paced it's not like one of these like it's in in that sense it's a lot like 28 days later yeah you know but but it's just very like whoa. super interesting because yeah. I mean the book is a lot about like different perspectives and a book itself is a lot about um manipulation yeah. and deception and kind of like different points of view and what they can mean and yeah. things like that so seeing that done cinematically I think is is absolutely something I'm yeah, yeah and, and I was super just excited really for. interested in it, but it, it's just like wow I you know. It, 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 this is a Paramount movie too, which is the same studio mm-hmm. that dumped Cloverfield and Mute. Yeah. And I'm like, so you're keeping this, <laughs> but you gave Netflix everything. Well, they're kind of keeping it. That's yeah. the thing. Only yeah. in the U.S. Only and, the U.S. You know, whatever. I think it's Germany or France or something like that. But um, one of those European countries. Um, but yeah, no. But I I do think that uh, talking about educating yourself, which by the way, again, Filmstruck is there. I mean, if you want to educate yourself on film, hey, what's you the have subscription on that? By the way, so it's if you want to get the, it's like six dollars a month. But if you really? want to get the one that has Criterion, it's eleven dollars a month. Oh, yeah, which bad, is the though. one you want. It's really the one you want. And see, so I was thinking fifteen, so that's actually yeah, not bad. It's eleven. A but month. once again, Victor, you have taken a movie that, by the poster and the trailer, I had no desire whatsoever <laughs> yeah. to see, and have made me interested right. in it. So thank you. Yeah. You should be interested just because it's Alex Garland honestly yeah um, but, exactly. but but yeah i, I mean they're really selling said... it as like this like natalie portman like action movie exactly which is not exactly there it had a very like summer blockbuster no. congo vibe to it you know what i mean and i was like nah, i, don't know I will we all know say how big I w- of a summer blockbuster congo was i will say this movie... <laughs> well no but that's how it was sold it oh, I, I also has volcano like, burrito forever that's all i gotta say yeah, this creature forever. in it that totally had me thinking about the bear from the prophecy and i don't <laughs> really want to like spoil is it is there anymore. a sleeping bag yes <laughs> it's just yeah it's just like whoa this is just freaky wow yeah yeah anyway it's a good movie so but out. yeah but speaking about uh educating yourself um you know with film so what did everybody think about black panther you know I, I i posted my review up on on cultfalling.co where you can read it now and i think the this is what i will say about black panther and i think it's probably the most aspirational movie that Marvel's put out. I- I'm sure Captain Marvel will probably follow in that direction where, like, 
you know, last year, I think DC saw the zeitgeist with Wonder Woman and uh-huh. then totally dropped the ball with Justice League. And people want to feel good when they go to comic book. It's like the same reason, like, uh, like the, the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. It's like, yeah, that's that's my hero, dun, you know? Dun, and I dun, think dun, it's going to speak like dun, that to dun, like a lot of people. Where Don't you think that Marvel's been doing that for a while, though? No. I especially think the Marvel slate, the last several movies they've done, have been kind of like anti-heroes and assholes. Dude, Age of Ultron being the biggest. And especially Doctor Good Strange Lord. is basically like, well, I'm I'm a smart asshole and you all should have listened to me. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you put uh, Guardians in that? camp i to me guardians is like a different genre of movies okay it, it's like you know kind of like the comedic like I'll, I'll agree i think it's you know fractional like your guardians your ant-man you know mm-hmm. you have like more fun not it's not the same way of like feeling good it's more of the yeah fun it's but like I, I like i'll say like i hate civil war and for the same reason a lot of people seem to like it I, it's like to me it's like this total character assassination where like you saw the Ant-Man story where, like, oh, I'm going to prove myself to my daughter. And, like, oh, so in this movie, he, like, kind of forgets about that and gets thrown in a gulag run by Tony Stark, who lets his friends rot in prison for at least a year. Yeah. You know, and it's just, like, everyone's an yeah. asshole. And, you know. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that, that Captain America is. No, no, I mean, no, no. I it's would not, posit- but it, it, it's it's one of these things where it's, like. I think I just think Captain America's been doing that. For they a long kind of time. keep That's resetting the Tony doing. Stark yeah, yeah, asshole yeah. meter because yeah. he even does it in in Homecoming yeah. too. And it's I'll like give you that. learn something, man. It, and it's just like <laughs> right. I, I, I and like I feel like they kind of tried to do that with Spider Man Homecoming, but again, it's like a different genre. Of well, it's movie. funny because all of Iron Man three was supposed to do that, yeah, yeah and I, it didn't. No, it's a weak film, and I think that Iron Man is like the weakest part of almost every yeah. single movie he's in. Yeah, exactly. You know? And to me, this is like. Hey, look, it's a movie that isn't trying to sell me on another fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's trying... Even the post credit sequences. Yeah, don't, exactly. You know? They don't. And, and you know, it, they get a. It, and I mentioned this in my review the fact that, like, Ryan Coogler, who did the seventh sequel to Rocky, yeah. took that mythos. And also one of the best fucking Rocky yeah, movies. Yeah, that's, that's so the whole good. thing. It started off like this Oscar winning drama series that devolves into basically part four and five. It's like yeah. direct to video. Like, hey, I like Drago, but you can't tell me that Rocky Four is anywhere in the same league as the first Rocky oh, movie. It's like a close. guilty no. pleasure. At it's best. a different type of movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, so and then you get like this, you know, Ryan Coogler who done um, uh, what's his Fruitvale Station? Station. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, yeah, I'm an auteur, and then I'm gonna take the mythos of the essentially the most, you know. A guilty pleasure Rocky movie and make it best picture <laughs> yeah. Oscar candidate from that movie. And I'm like, God damn, that's how you let someone play with mythos and build something. Absolutely. And I think here he does that a lot. Um, I think honestly, he's way more interested in Eric Killmonger as a character than he is in Black Panther. I think that you're right. And, and, and here's because you actually brought up a really interesting point um, when we were having a discussion on Facebook about this. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I've actually heard it echoed in other reviews that I've heard about Black Panther. And, and I think you hit it nail on the head. This is more akin to a tim burton yes. kind of where it's like the 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 villain gets all, as much if not more attention than the hero does yeah and i think that's maybe one of the things i love about it yeah i i, I don't have a problem with that i like when they do that I mean, look at the dark knight yeah i, I mean but i feel like 
T'Challa's story is so kind of like I've I've sat on it for a little bit mm-hmm. thinking about it. I'm like okay well no he's trying he's trying to step into his role as king right and the complex but then that's such a little part most of it is like oh I really like this spy girl and she's awesome but I'm a king and I don't know what I can do about that right right yeah I like. His it's like the Bruce Wayne storyline in Batman Returns, like, oh, I really like yeah. Selena, but oh right, I gotta stop this mayor intrigue, but oh, uh, you know, and then the rest is like the penguin. See, where I think that's really interesting is that I believe that the film comments on that. Um, I believe that his inaction and his waffling kind of nature as T'Challa is something that Killmonger is seizing upon. No, I get it. it, it, it you know, it, when he says, is this your king? Is this your king? I and know, I think the that is, is speaking to that weakness. There's there's this little scene in there where, like, you know, T'Challa finds out from the spirit of his dad that, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it right, too right, much. Right. But a lot, basically, something happens with T'Challa's dad right. that leads to Air, Killmonger kind of being the guy he is by the way based on box office i think jasper is literally the only person in the world that hasn't seen this movie (laughs) probably (laughs) yeah but basically what i'm trying to say is he finds out about it from force whitaker and then there's this moment literally a moment like oh what should i do about this that moment needs to be about 10 minutes longer right and that's like that's my issue with it it's like and then again, the Killmonger character—he's kind of trying to speak for like the underrepresented, you know, people who like you know have been put down historically, like yeah. people in the inner cities and all that. So in Wakanda, there's kind of we've told there's this hierarchy there mm-hmm. that kind of disappears when it's convenient to the plot. And I kind of, these are like the two big issues. I really wish maybe they'd massage a little more. But at the same time, it has to be a conventional movie, right? That's serving a bigger corporate purpose. It's one hundred percent true. Because if it would have gone too far in that direction, yeah. and th- this is something, I mean, first and foremost, I will absolutely say the thing. I mean, I saw the film for a second time. The thing that I I could not keep my eyes off of was Michael B. Jordan yeah. as Killmonger. Period. Like, um, I mean, yeah, he he, he acts circles around Chadwick Boseman. Oh my god, I, yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's almost embarrassing. Yeah, where it's like. And I, Chadwick Boseman is not a bad actor. No I, no, I don't even want to get into that for like, but it's just like the but, first movie in a franchise is yeah. usually used to like tell you why you should like this guy. It's true. And this one, it's like, he's cool, but isn't this guy kind of more on the ball? You know, <laughs> and it's weird that... because I've had conversations mm-hmm. with people that I realize we're getting to this point now generationally where a lot of people don't really read comics and the X-Men movies are so far removed from what they originally started. It's like, well, don't you think that war- that Killmonger was right? And it's like the whole Xavier versus Magneto yeah, debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like a whole generation of, of people who've only seen X-Men as Wolverine and friends that they don't really understand the crux of like the sure, X-Men sure. versus Magneto debate. Like, they're both right, but the whole Correct. thing is trying to find. It's how pro- do you go about yeah. it? Yeah, and and that's one thing that I I, I really wanted to touch upon. Uh, you know, with that, and and I will say that you know on you know in defense of I, I guess that would be um, Chadwick Boseman, but it's like you know I think that Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler have a shorthand already. Yeah, being the house, this is their third film that they're working yeah. together. Ryan Coogler is very much an auteur. I mean, you almost have this burgeoning 
possible like De Niro Scorsese yeah. kind of a relationship happening with these two um, that I think, I mean, if you look at the Raging Bull connection yeah. and the Creed connection is almost actually really, really mirrored. Um, but I will say this, that my biggest complaint about the film, actually I have two main complaints about the film. Um, the first of which is um, I wish that Killmonger didn't become so cartoonishly villainous. Um, I hope that, you know, he didn't do the, you know, let's burn the heart shade uh, herb thing. Let's, you know, that was, lifting up the, yeah, the, you know, the, the priestess by her neck. Doing all that stuff, I believe, takes away. I almost feel like the those are studio notes. Right. You know? Because otherwise, it, you're going to have people going a little bit too much like was Killmonger. Right? Yeah. The thing with burning the uh, basically there's this plant that lets you go to the astral plane and, and talk to your ancestors killmonger does it talks to his dad yeah and then decides to burn everything mind you taking this plant also gives you superpowers Powers. yeah so it's one of those things where i'm like gee you're trying goes, to get all the all these people around the world to use wakandan weapons and rise up and you know build you know this like empire but then Hey, you could have made them all superheroes. But that's the whole point. Yeah. Is, is that there's never going to be it could, anyone. It could, by not, by address, it's like yeah. it's either by omission, it's a villainous act. He wants to be the only person with yes. superpowers. Yeah. And I do want to, I, I want to hear your, your input yeah. on this, Kirby. No, no, no. I, I, I agree 100% with what you said that there was some very cartoonish elements. And I don't know if it's studio interference. I don't know if it's his own performance. I think Michael B. Jordan is one of the best actors. Who's been coming out? You know, the last few years, Sans Fantastic Four. Yeah, um, he was like okay in that terrible movie. You know, yeah, he wasn't bad. It's just one of those ones where, uh, yeah, Yeah. nothing was (laughs) going to save that. Yeah, but it's um, I think on on principle, the biggest problem with all these Fantastic Four movies is they've all tried to tie in Doctor Doom's origin to the Fantastic Four, and they should never do that. It's true. It should just be Doom as like yeah. A, he should just be uh, this could be the financier you know? or just a dictator. Like yeah. you know, like in Iron Man three, even though it's not a great movie, the Mandarin is yeah. just there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need his fucking origin, no. which is one we of the ones I really them, yeah. actually really have always been disappointed. Besides uh, the first film, the uh, um, uh, the absence of the Red Skull. I love the yeah. Red Skull. It was one of always my favorite. Other villains. than the blip he got in Captain America, yeah, he yeah. just doesn't. I mean, he really didn't. And I mean, Hugo Weaving was a great he choice. It too. It's just one so of those good. ones where they just. I, I don't know if it was too. You know, it's a very grotesque. It's just yeah. like Doom is a very uh, cold. I mean, I I don't know. It's just one of those ones where I don't think they they uh, you know they should have been more advantageous with those those IPs. Well, here's the here's the and this is a little off subject. I'll just yeah, say sure, go ahead, man. But Red Skull talking about being underrated is such a badass that there's a in the there's a uh, Red She Hulk comic series where they're looking for this piece of this thing. They're going on a quest. Anyway, it's one of those things. Well, one of the places they go to get this piece of the spear that they're looking for, it projects an image of what it thinks the most evil thing on the world is to keep people out, to scare them away. And the most evil thing that this thing constructed that it could think of was Doctor Doom, Ultron, and Red Skull. Jesus. Those were the three guardians of yeah. this temple. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? Just to tell you, that's how much of a... And I don't think... Yeah, Red Skull does not get anywhere near the credit that he yeah. should get. It's true. And, and I guess just to bring this is. back to Killmonger is that, like... I mean, at no point are you saying... Well, the Red Skull kind of has a point, you know, yeah. like, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. And I, and I think that 
you did, um, you know, both of you, you know, kind of did key in on something. I, I do think it was studio. Um, and who knows if this is right or not, but I do think this is, well, no, we need to make them more villainous because we don't want people to think that we're pushing this agenda of yeah. saying that, well, wait a minute, we need to arm the oppressed people yeah. across the world and have well, them rise up. Well, I think up. the other thing is, having not seen the movie, but going mm -hmm. on what you're saying is, their studio executives that their whole entire job is, yeah, it's a good story, but is it going to entertain everybody? Yeah. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah. need well, to dumb it down. And to I will say Ryan Coogler very much tips his hat into telling you he kind of agrees with Killmonger. I mean, just little things, the fact that, like, you know, hit, like, like Killmonger and his father, like, they have public enemy posters sure. all over. So it's it's like... You know, if you're tight, it kind of has a point here. Yeah. So <laughs> I, was I, mean, I was looking for the poor righteous teachers one, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it, you know, it's what you know, and I will say on this, and I do think that it, you know, it matters when it comes to this film. Um, I I've had the pleasure of actually being able to discuss this film with multiple people yeah. that are actually black yeah. and that I can get that impression on it rather than just this insular. I, I don't, I don't talk, you know, I talk to people that look like me and I get yeah. impressions of people that look like me. And, you know, I've got a couple of friends at work and I've had long discussions and I've heard this come up from both of them separately, which I think is really fascinating in terms of what they got, which is what they were seeing in T'Challa and Killmonger was a Martin Luther King and a Malcolm well, X. That's yeah. kind of like what I was saying, like the Magneto. Right. Right. Yeah. Is, exactly. Is it is very much it, it's, that. That's in my review right. too. And I don't think that it, that, in my opinion, I don't think the film comes down as saying one is necessarily better than another. And I also, no, I also only, think the that only that's hand there. There is one line that's there to tip that off. Right. Is when uh when uh Killmonger is sitting on the throne and and he's telling telling you he's going to arm everybody. Right. And then it's like and we're going to rule everybody and the sun will never set on the Wakandan yeah. Empire. Which is ba it's a it's a play on a right. colonialist sure. uh, saying that Colonizer. used to be like no yeah basically it was yeah. like the sun never sets on the English Empire yeah, the British like Empire, if you've yeah. seen Indiana Jones and the Temple oh, of yeah. Doom yeah uh, they yeah. they mentioned that when uh, the one dude from The Shining shows up who's the Colonel oh uh, yes the sun never sets yeah. on the English Empire yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I, I, I mean that was I mean clearly evident I mean I think the film I mean the big part is is that a lot of people have a very um ill-informed um uh history lessons they really don't i feel like a lot of people really just don't know history at all well i think no, I, I think I, that no, well, no not, just, i agree yeah, with you i yeah. think just just to jump on the point i think that's part of the reason that black panther is so successful because it used to be the by any means necessary oh who's right debate mm -hmm. used to be tied into x-men and that's why X-Men was so popular. Mm -hmm. Like people, like minorities could look at it. It's like, oh, I can see where Magneto is coming from. Like, oh, but Xavier is doing it the right way. And I, I swear to God, guys, we're so far away from Marvel Comics really being relevant or the movies really putting that forward in any valid way that a lot of people are seeing this vital aspect of Marvel Comics for the first time in Black Panther. Wow. So it seems really new and novel. I, I do think, though, that the Winter Soldier hit on it. I agree 100%. Uh, I personally, oh, but yeah, yeah. not like this. Well, no, no, no not this, in the exact same way. And I think the X-Men With two charismatic characters that you yeah. could get behind. Like, True. You know, because I love Winter but, Soldier, but basically you're seeing, like, Nick Fury versus Alexander. Oh Pierce. no, no! I just mean I. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we're how bad Ultron yeah. and Civil War were. That Winter Soldier and this and a few other 
bits and pieces in other movies, but it's yeah, not the environment. I, I mean, I think when, like Winter Soldier and this are probably like the upper echelon of Marvel movies. Oh yeah, unquestionably. You know, yeah. I just, I mean, in the end, for me, as somebody who is a very, um, you know, very into history and stuff, I mean, I feel like. It, there's so many i i the one thing i fell out of this movie more than anything else was like it's crazy how much is taken into account because there's so many mixed messages going on here yeah. and that's the way it is in the real world is is that i mean in real life right now in 2018 as it's been going on is is that i think people go it is the not just two sides it's not simply um the 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 right and wrong the black and white it really is the gray in life is is that there is no one right way yeah. it's, it's that people victor and i've talked about this numerous times that just i just want to say this is in a whole is is that we've become so obsessed with partisanship and things that we don't even believe in good ideas anymore yeah. we just believe it or that you know or, or having hope it's just kind of like an idea is it's a the whatever and i hear Does the, this reinforce what i already be, believe yeah and more importantly and it, it's the even that's... i heard it today was it's sad to hear this in the society still today is the you're either with us or against us yeah. which is resonating i'm going it's not about being with or well, against and anybody. that's kind it's of being, what i mean too about yeah. the aspirational heroes because Hero, yeah. it's like if you look at even the way like DC decided to do their universe all like grim and gritty, like oh this the hero could totally be a villain, and there's so many characters like that in like Marvel, like the Punisher or all that. So it's nice to see like Black Panther and these supporting characters around him. Like support is like you if you were really into science, you could build cat shaped gloves that shoot like yeah. energy yeah. bolts. One hundred percent. And I and I do believe that I mean just by the very nature of what it is that this is aspirational. And um, you know, I don't even think we should really talk about the 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 firestorm of bullshit that surrounds this movie that oh, like, yeah. like it not... like like surrounds everything. No. But you know, one thing that I have apparently been forced to uh explain to people like I'm explaining it to a child because the concept is so alien to them is that representation is important yeah um and that you know if you if you show children of color these people on a screen that are technologically adept and scientists and heroes that you know maybe you are going to plant the seed that they can be heroes that they can be scientists um that they can be successful um you know rather than showing them as you know as as victims or as as criminals yeah you know that that representation is an important thing and i do think it's aspirational in that way and i do think that's important but with that said I don't think this film ever shoves anything down your throat, at least no, in my opinion. I think I think any movie that like presents culture, it's like here here's a culture check. Mm-hmm. Like even that's what I like. That's one of the reasons I like Coco more than the Book of Life because Coco I feel yeah. is way more accessible. Like here's this. I just I did watch that by the yeah. way. Beautiful film. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, it's like where Book of Life is presented more as like this fairy tale that has no entry point. Coco's like here's this culture. This is what yeah. Mexicans do. Right. Like you can get into. And I'm not and saying it, and Book it, of Life is a bad puts movie. puts it in a way that totally makes yeah. sense to you, too, <laughs> yeah. you know? When I'll you know, say this. Oh, is, oh sorry. Go ahead, Jess. No, absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. Please. Oh, please. No, uh, please. By all means. By well, all it's means. funny you say that because we were watching uh, Moana with uh-huh. my granddaughter last night because that's her favorite movie. And the whole part where they're doing the flashback where they're out at sea and they're, you know, they're singing the song about how they, right. they're explorers and they find islands. I remember I, I looked over at Karen and I was like, Man, I really love the Polynesian culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so free, and they're always happy. Yeah. And it's so. I said, 
a lot because I get asked a lot. Like people look at me and they go, sure. "Are you Samoan?" A lot right. of people think like, "Yeah, no, I'm half Mexican." Yeah, and I, I was like, "Man, why couldn't I have been half like, <laughs> half Samoan instead of half Mexican?" You know? <laughs> Just adopt it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, and that's what it, that's that's the thing about cultural movies is it's showing Just you that, appropriate, uh, man. Nobody has yeah, a problem right, with appropriation. Right, you know. yeah, but Just it's cool. It. It's cool to see. Are you sure about that one? Because uh, I'm going to say the whole, uh, it will just leave that Moana Halloween costume. Uh, oh, my God, God no. I, I will uh, say that that Moana that. Halloween costume was maybe blown up as a yeah. tiny little thing that happened that was pushed around because yeah. it supported it a political agenda. I just want just you like, guys. Just, just like, like everything people does. getting beat up yeah. at Black Panther. Well, well, I just want to say that I rocked that Moana Halloween yeah, costume. Good, good you for did. you. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I wasn't married. I, was I mean, Moana. let's not take one snide comment yeah. that somebody <laughs> says on Twitter and write a whole article well, about no, it. Well, I, my, you know? my main thing is, you know, if people saying dumb shit on Twitter should be an echo chamber because, like... But it always is an echo... That's, yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's like, my main literally, solution. Is, guys, is if that... you put that much stock into what assholes on... Don't yeah. put stock into what assholes on Twitter say. I'm sorry. Because these are people one, you would right. never care about in no. real life. Just because one person got upset because Armand White dropped the 100% of Black Panther doesn't mean that all SJWs are a bunch of babies. But, like, I mean, there's, and, there's like, nuance yeah, And this. I'll say this. It, it feels like there, this whole idea of like, oh my god, this movie has to be perfect. Fuck you. It, it, this is the thing. I, I'm not saying fuck you to that. I'm just yeah, saying like, it's not perfect. No, no. Every like criticism is a hundred percent subjective. Yeah. If your whole life is built around, I remember when The Dark Knight came out for like a minute. It was like the number one movie on IMDb. Sure, you know, and sure, I'm like, yeah. is it really? No, but there were people pissed when like yeah. Shawshank yeah, yeah, knocked exactly, it down. Exactly. So it's like. Live right, your right. life, but 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 but, but Breitbart didn't yeah. write an article about that, so you but know. That's why yeah. I just want to say this here because I haven't gotten much in on this one. It's just that I really want to make this an important point as to close this out as we're winding down here. Is is that my the whole what you talk about? So it's the same thing with like the Ghostbusters, the Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the, these people who are getting so upset about this shit. It's like it's a fucking movie. Yeah, the same people who are going. This is the greatest movie and the most important thing that has ever happened in history. Or people who are trying to rewrite stuff and go, well, there were no black superheroes. There was no black films or something. It's just like both of these sides need to learn their the history and need to oh, understand yeah. that, again, just as you said, art is subjective. Yeah. Everything yeah. is to be enjoyed. If somebody doesn't share the same view of you on anything, whatever it is. They are not a horrible person. They yes. do not deserve to be killed, raped. That what disgusts me the most, and I will say this, is that seeing people threaten other people uh-huh. over, no matter what your political view is, whatever quote unquote side you're on, I'm on anybody's fucking yeah. side. And so the I'm whole thing, side. I'm on my <laughs> side. And it's like one of those things where people who are just like, if you don't support this narrative, whichever one it is, it's like I, I really do. I feel more and more. Mm-hmm. I go in like. You know, of course, that the internet and like media mm-hmm. makes it exacebates yeah, it think, by times a I thousand. Think that's but, an issue. I mean, yeah. I remember last year, like everyone was so mad about like women only Wonder Woman, right? Right, because oh of like God. one screening yeah. at one place, well, thing, and it was just like a, a stunt. You but know? yeah, the whole point of course is, it was. That, the whole point is that there's always two sides. Do your research, make your own informed decisions, and be able. Yeah. to I mean, be I, but at the I same time, let, let me yeah. let me not let, let me like yeah. clean that up a little bit. It's like. Women are like wanted to see a, a a female led like you know superhero movies like oh let's make it an event that's all right. that is just like yeah. um when whoever I've heard of a few like 
athletes and entertainers who bought out screenings so sure. like, uh, black kids could go see Black Panther because hey look it's not that often you see like a black superhero presented in this like oh this is something cool sure. it's not like a black superhero like spawn that's like a zombie right. or you know right or blade that's yeah. like a, you know a, a and rated r film and more importantly it's that's not super Falcon. bloody yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um kidding. but 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 the best I mean, way the best way to sum this up mm-hmm. i think this whole thing with movies and everything and i would like to refer back to mystery science theater 3000 and say, remind yourself it's just a show, and maybe <laughs> yeah. I should just relax because right. it's a freaking movie. No, I agree yeah. with it's you one hundred percent. And you I know, just, I do want to st- say though that, like, and maybe it's from being on Facebook. You know, I'm sorry, ninety percent of the conversation is being dominated by those people yeah. of, oh, well, whatever. This movie is not important, and I'm not going to see it because of the hype. And ten percent, ten percent of the conversation is those people that are saying, well, hold on, well, this movie is important, it's and because, it's a movement. I think it's because a lot of those people on Facebook just like it's like the the assholes in movie theaters like this movie sucks, right? Blah, blah. And that's like one percent of one percent, yeah. but their voice seems bigger on the. I internet. agree. I just well, but I mean, they yeah. no just in terms of pure numbers dude i just i i I just don't want a sense of false equivalence of like well both sides are equally shitty one side is going out and 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 review bombing one side is is pushing false narratives of fake stories of people that got beat up but the point is and that that should never happen and all those should be discredited but by the same token it is the echo chamber like virtue signaling kind of attitude and when i say that what i'm trying to say is is that you can have a valid point on a movie mm-hmm. and it's a hundred percent as valid as anybody else's right yeah. it, the whole point is and you should be able to speak it i don't Agreed. think anyone should be silenced the point though is is that it's kind of like what victor was getting at is is that there is a point which you can say hey this is why i like the movie this is why i think it's important or why i found it enjoyable yeah. and and like saying, we were doing yeah like we just yeah. did yeah and that's like to me that's like commenting like because we all know that's bullshit. Like, right. I mean, yeah, and to me, bullshit. it's like I would rather not give a longer voice to that shit yeah. when I know. Because 10 minutes ago, he said we weren't going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, no, 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 no. Well, no, no. I just, I feel it, it really and is. I, I, I don't, just, I'm not trying to say that. I mean, I, I think it's important to realize that this movie is important to like a lot of people. Right. Just the same way like Wonder Woman was and important. I don't to a lot think that's a problem. Just, and just yeah. let it be. Yeah, yeah just that, let that, it be. Leave it alone. That, I don't think there's a. There, I don't feel like there's a need for someone to say, well, no, the blade came first. Storm was in X-Men. Right. Yeah. To me, it's like, dude, just live in the moment and let it fucking go. Well, but it's that it, whole thing that everybody just wants to be right. Yeah. And well, yeah. And that's what I mean. Just that's the best way go, to look at know? it right yeah. there, as Victor just said, though, is that the whole point for me is, is that it is. Uh, people go, I, I'm not going to tell anyone what's important to them, and no one should tell me what's yeah. important to me. It's just like, let people be their own people. It's it's that. Yeah. There is, and hopefully, yeah, yeah, one day we'll get to a yeah. point where like yeah. movies like Black Panther are like, they right. come out all the time, and it's yeah. not right. an issue. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. guys, stop review bombing. Yeah. You know, stop doing things like that. Stop filling IMDb and, and with same. racist crap, because it's there. But, and that's the thing, is that I understand, and, and I do want to move on from this, because I, I just simply want to say that if we're going to take the uh, attitude of, well, if you don't like this movie, uh, if I don't like this movie, you're calling me a racist. I don't think anyone's doing that. Like Adam no. was very lukewarm on that. I didn't think he was racist, but you, I mean, you I, have I, to I don't acknowledge think Adam. I mean, talked to him on Saturday. It's more like, I think you're like, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to not, not to have tone. Cause we talked about it. He's like, right. it's like, no, it was pretty good. 
not not like oh it was pretty good right you know what i'm saying and that's the problem sometimes but it was pretty good it was okay to pretty good is the part that i was like well i just think that that's personally i disagree with that but again and I that's mean, and he, that's the objective right. point is, is yeah, that I is mean, that pretty if good is goes, not like if somebody bad. says pretty good and they say it's like when we talked about the ghostbusters one, okay years ago, to pretty good is, like, is denoting it, something negative though all right, yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have we got to run this guy. Anyway, Okay Okoye is awesome, and I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, Denai Guerrero, who plays uh, Michonne uh, in yeah. Walking oh, and Dead, I, I'd actually meant to it. say that the uh, the supporting characters were better than to me than the main yeah. cast. Yeah, so I good. meant to say that so earlier. Good. Absolutely. All right, all right, all right cool guys. So yeah, we're gonna wrap this up, and until next time, I'm uh, Victor Marino along with Joshua T. Rue. Uh, uh, I am T'Challa. I am Killmonger. <laughs> Kirby Nelson. Quoting Kendrick Lamar. And Jasperino. I'll be back. All right. So until next time, check us out. And five-star reviews, guys. Five-star reviews. All right. Later. Later.